from Ennui. This is Ennui Talk. You can support the show and other Ennui projects by subscribing to Ennui Plus on Patreon. But for now, sit down and enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the best podcast on the internet, hashtag Ennui Talk. I'm your host, Matthew Winter, and I have a guest today. Um, he's from, you know, not the best podcast in the world, but it's, it's half decent. Um, Lars. Lars from the first podcast. Everyone in the chat, recording live in Discord, give him a round of applause. You know, how does it feel to be, Lars, how does it feel to be on the best podcast that's on the internet? Feels great. You know, I don't need, like, I don't need the self-validation of having to say those things about my podcast. You know, I, like, I just, it's just a quality thing that I enjoy doing and, you know, I don't have to brag about it. I will say that I am I am very glad that um, you did come on the podcast. Not everybody says yes. I've actually had people, um, for me myself, I've had only one person directly say, sorry, I don't do podcasts. Have you had anybody, because obviously the first podcast for people who don't know is pretty much an, I wouldn't even call it an interview podcast. It's just you have guests on. You have YouTubers, streamers, um, influencers, people in the digital space. Is there anybody who, like have... Had there been many people who have sort of like declined to come on rather than like not respond? Okay, so kind of in my sphere, there's this thing that we do, mm. and y- y- this is not to exclude you. I'm just to give you some context here. Mm. Basically, content creators of a certain size rarely say no to stuff specifically, it's usually either yes or nothing. In response or maybe later because it's one of those things where you never really necessarily want to like if, if it's some like nazi podcast you can tell them to fuck off sure but but like you never necessarily want to close doors it never hurts to keep a door open so Absolutely. we do get the occasional me and my buddy doplex who hosts the podcast we do occasionally get a no but it's pretty rare to see that it's pretty rare to see a content creator say no in my circles, I would say. Was there a point where, like, a specific guest that you got on sort of opened up many more doors? Like, for me, it was like once I had um, Matt Tabor from the Crate Unknown slash producer for Vsauce 2 on the podcast, it sort of legitimized the podcast. Like, I've, I've had many guests on before, like, even like, you know, I've had Dead on Dave, um, I've had on Bionic Pig. Um, you know, like a few decent sized creators, but like, it was really like Matt Tabor, who seems to be, I guess, I think it's probably the relevancy. Like right now he is like in the, at least in the networking space, like, you know, networking with creators, et cetera. He is very much influential in that. Was there a guest that you had on that sort of like opened up that network for guests? Well, I'm glad you asked. Cause yes. Okay. So I don't know if you've heard of them, but there were two rappers. One of them is named... Kill Bill the Rapper, and the other one is named Rav. And oh, actually. what ended up happening is, I, I used to dig his stuff back in the day, because it's kind of like you know, vaguely nerdy, kind of vapor-wavy rap stuff that I, I just really enjoy. So like, I was a personal fan, and one day I was like, oh, I have a podcast. I should, uh, I should ask him if he wants to come on. And it was just a shot in the dark. I didn't expect him to respond. An hour later, he's like, yeah, sure. So I ended up having him on and then I ended up having his rapper friend slash collective owner Rav on with him the next time. 
And the genius there is that we actually did some cross promotion. We recorded it live on Discord. And so not only were our fans able to listen, but so were the fans of them. So it's kind of like this, every recording after that, at that point, became kind of a social event. Like people would look forward to at that time. It was, I think it was Thursdays that we would record where it's like every week a, a listener would have something to come back to. So it was kind of like a, a linchpin that kept the podcast going and kept the fans coming back. Do you think like, cause it was you suggested to me specifically, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to record um, and you're going to, you're going to um, chat through discord, why not do it live in your discord server? Um, like, do you think that having a strategy, like having a, like a regular day, does, do you think it really, really matters? Okay. So yes and no in the, I think on the, the, the large scale, probably, probably not as much when it comes to like the general public. Cause the, the truth is with podcasts and with, with YouTube videos and stuff, yeah, there, there are optimal days to record. There are optimal days to release the best time to release, by the way, for most content is, um, a Thursday evening in your area. And, uh, but, that? but that aside, that? I don't know. It's just the research backs it up, man. Something about Thursday evenings just really attracts people. Hmm. And then, okay. So, well, that's, well, that's for podcasts in particular, but I think it's Wednesday night for YouTube videos. I, I could be wrong, but that's the kind of thing where it's like, it helps for you. <laughs> it helps for your super fans that are like, you know, wanting to kind of not necessarily orient their week around your content, but like try to find a way to tune into it when it's being done. But then and when it comes to actual show growth and stuff, I've always felt like the, the dates don't really matter as so much as other factors like marketing and, um, and collaboration and stuff like that. So yeah, I always found like the whole scheduling thing, like maybe for like a small, like a, I'm a small creator, like I am at the end of the day, I think it's like, at the end of the day, when it comes out, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, oh, I don't know. I like, I think it's maybe when you're bigger, like maybe, you know, hitting that, you know, the most, the most amount of views, the most amount of listens in the first whatever period of time, if you're, if you need to measure that for whatever reason, sure. Um, but I think other than that, I don't think it really matters. Like for podcasting, definitely not. I think that's something that you listen to anytime. For videos, I think, you know, you know, with um, you know, YouTube going um being very, very heavy on mobile, for example. It's like you could release at any time and people could watch it anywhere, anytime. I don't know. I I think besides maybe I'm wrong, but maybe besides television and maybe besides sort of like streamers on Twitch and whatnot, I don't think time really, really matters. Maybe that's just me. Like maybe, maybe not thinking of um, every situation. Well, there's some practical things to keep in mind. So the cool thing with podcasts in particular, especially if you're making the smart choice like you did to switch to audio only so they don't have to look at it, is that it's kind of the anti YouTube in terms of when people can consume it. Because if you're at work in the office, that's actually like, if you can, then you can there's a good opportunity to listen to podcasts, but you can't really watch video I mean, unless you're a naughty boy and uh, YouTube content. You kind of want to release towards the end of the day because then people are at home and they actually have time to consume it. So it's kind of like, it really depends on the medium 
And then Twitch, I don't know. I don't I don't know that game. I mean, you'd have to talk to someone who knows a little bit more about Twitch than me for that. See, the Twitch chain does seem interesting because it's see, you see so many streamers and they, you know, they'll stream, they'll stream every night or multiple nights per week. But it's like, I think it's, it's really, really, really for that, those super fans, for that core fan base. And then, you yeah. know, people who sort of are fans of them, like, you know, they watch some of the clips or they watch some of the full replays whenever they want, et cetera, et cetera. Like I've had friends who have watched, who was a specific streamer? It was day nine. And I think he did a lot of Hearthstone streams, I believe. All through, like, when my friends were in high school, when I was in high school. And a lot of the time, like, they would catch him when he was live when they can, but then they would just watch the VODs later, later on. And, but they sort of yep. become, I think it's, it's, it's interesting with streamers. They become, you know, you become encapsulated with, I think it's much like podcasting. You become encapsulated with this personality. It's like, you know, they become a part, part of your day, that sort of thing. Um, I don't think you get that so much with, like, YouTubers and that sort of stuff. Um I think Twitter does a bit of a difference. Like if you have a, I think for example, John Swan is a good example. Like he's on my feed all the time. Um, yeah. You know, he's releasing like, like a video. Like, like every never few shuts months. up. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't at all. Little, little fuck. But I think it's, I don't know. I think it's not everybody has the ability to, like, I think it's like, you know, he's in a good position now, you know, 19, um, doing this pretty much full time. And he has the time to sort of like spend time on videos spend time on, um, you know, social interaction, et cetera, et cetera. For me, somebody who's working like a full-time managerial job, it's like all I really have time for is, you know, making the content, um, you know, setting up my socials so there's like regular content coming out there, trying to record as much as I can. And then sometimes I just want to sit it there and leave it. But you can't. That's not how you grow an audience. That's not how you... Do you know what I mean? Like if you just put out a video, unless you're really, really lucky... And you're like super good at um, creating, you know, quote unquote viral content, et cetera, et cetera. You're not going to grow. I think podcasting is things. Podcasting is the thing that doesn't go viral. And I think like mm, yeah, the marketing of podcasting is weird. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like putting out more podcasts isn't the answer. Um, putting out. Mm-hmm. I, I think. I think the one thing that sort of because like over the last five years that I've sort of figured out, it's just like release good stuff. And I think like that quality trumps all at the end of the day i would say so when it comes to quality quality versus quantity i think Mm. that's 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 definitely true because you're right it is i i would say podcasting is one of the most difficult things to market because you're what what you're asking people to do with a podcast even even if it's not like a three-hour dick show like super fuck mega episode is you're you're asking a lot of time from people like you're saying here's here's 45 minutes of content and it's some jackass they've never heard of how do you how do you convince someone to tune into that and that is a question that has it has its answers like it has things that you maybe not just answers but it has things you can do to help answer that question but there's no like solid answer other than either be really lucky or be smart and kind of lucky. I, I don't know how else to put it. It's getting people to tune into a podcast and to see whether I think the last number was 700,000 podcasts in the world is just almost an impossible task. I think it's like the one, I think it's like, it's like building a brand around your podcast or brand, you know, I guess building a brand around 
your brand. Like with Onwe itself, it's like for a long time it was like um, pretty much just doing podcasts weekly, sometimes twice weekly, and then trying to do a video every like few weeks. And those, I don't know, it just didn't really work out very well. Like the the one thing in my head is like I the dream the dream of Onwe the goal of Onwe is to turn it into you know a brand that um, is bigger than like it's bigger than me, it's bigger than podcasts, it's bigger than all the things we make, like, you know, like, like a rooster teeth, I guess it's probably the best example. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, I think, you know, if you build, if you build the brand, people will come and then engage in that content. And I think, like, I don't know, like that's, that's sort of like the goal. I think for example, like I'm working on a new series, et cetera, et cetera. And even like with, with Marty's net show, my old like main series, I feel like only like 10% of the the viewership of that is going to become a listener of the podcast. I don't think people really listen to podcasts. I think like, I don't know. I like, I like, you know, for me, it's like all my friends listen to at least a podcast or two, but it's like, I think in the grand scheme of things, people don't like, even like a lot of young people I listen to, they don't watch Twitch or they don't listen to podcasts. A lot of them are still, it's really weird. It's like a lot of them are still like, you know, browsing through Facebook and then sharing memes and tagging people in memes. And I don't know. I think it's like not everybody's, it's like, it, it sort of like baffled me that not everybody really is in the digital space in that way. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's, I don't know. And then like, you know, you can, you can easily say, oh, what will get, um, what will make, my podcast blow up. Oh, we'll get sort of, you know, YouTubers on the podcast. We'll get TikTokers on the podcast or influencers. And then people will definitely come and listen to a 45 minute hour long podcast with this person, but it doesn't translate like that. Podcasts aren't cool. I still don't think. Um, but I would like, I'd much rather listen to a podcast than, you know, just like, I don't know, like go deep into YouTube and watch sort of like shitty, shitty videos that don't really have, substance i found it a lot like it's like at the end like i've been you know end of a work day just like chilling out and then just like shitty shitty videos that i'm just like slowly going through and i get not depressed just watching that shit but it's like i really want to like engage in something with substance and then it's like you know i could watch a netflix documentary or netflix series but then sometimes that feels too i don't know to to produce and that that's that's it that's exactly it um and I think like a lot of people who start podcasts as well, they, you know, it's the whole like, oh, what do you call four white guys sitting in a room? A podcast, ha ha. But I think that's what a lot of podcasts are. It's like, I'm not going to go from like a shitty little YouTube video to a shitty little fo- podcast. Like for me, I think production value is like a really big thing. Like, you know, Casey Neistat says, oh, you know, you can shoot like a really great movie on like a little cell phone on your iPhone. But I think it takes creativity to make that good. I think people just go... Oh, I can make good. I can make a YouTube video on my phone, and then they just make fucking dog shit content. It doesn't matter on the production value. Dog shit content is dog shit content, um, and that's in any sort of any sort of um, platform, any for, sort sort of media, film or podcast or anything really. I've kind of come around on that. I think over the years, because I used to. Okay, so I, I used to be very negative towards people who said. I, w- I want to make a YouTube channel. I, I want to make a podcast with my... It, and it's, it's especially when it was like a D&D podcast, because it's like, <sighs> good Lord, the world does not need more of those. But I've kind of shifted a little bit towards like, I'll still, I'll, if people want me to be honest with them, I'll still tell them, you're not going to, you're not going to make it. Like, <laughs> you don't have what it takes. 
because it takes a very specific kind of skill set to be able to do a successful YouTube channel, to be able to su successfully do a, uh, uh, a podcast, to be able to successfully do, God forbid, a, an Etsy store. Like, everyone wants to do it. But I also, like, I kind of, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm not, I don't encourage it. But I also think that uh, it's just fun to create, man. And I, everyone kind of has that dream now. Which is a problem, by the way, that dream, which is that uh, everyone, literally everyone, especially in the generation below me and beyond, thinks that they're going to they're gonna be a content creator and they're going to make it. That's, that's added to everyone's dream resume at this point. That wasn't there a, a generation before. That, that kind of got there with, with people kind of in our vague age, age bracket, but then the people that are coming after us, man, every single one of them is going to have to fight the disease that is, I want to be a, a YouTube star or something like that. That's something people really going to have to fight. But at the same time, I get it because it's fun. That's, that's kind of where I land on it. But, but with that as well, like one thing that Gary Vaynerchuk, my favorite entrepreneur, one thing he said was one thing that can take sort of like a business to the next level is making content. And I think like making content is different to being a YouTuber. Do you know what I mean? Like, for example, one example is um, you could have a, I'm just trying to think of a business that's actually like scalable. Um, let's start, say you start your own coffee brand. There we go. Little coffee brand. Um, you know, you're trying to sell like, you know, a nice coffee um, and a, like a bean and all that sort of stuff. And then you start sort of content around that. Maybe a podcast with the guys, you know, and it's just like, at least that sort of differentiates it from every other podcast of like three got white guys talking. It's three white guys talking and they run a company and they make coffee and they love coffee. And, you know, that's not what the, obviously what the podcast is going to be about, but it just like differentiates from everything else. And that's like, you know, making YouTube videos about that. Even like, um, I've seen like a few like, um, clothing labels start podcasts and like make like vlogs and stuff. And that's the content around their business. And I think that's very, very smart. I think like there's, cause there's two ways to go into it. You're either a creator and then you build businesses off that or you're a business and you build content off of that. Um, I think if you like, if you're good at what you do, like, I don't think everybody's like good at both. Like when I sort of turned 18, finished school, I really wanted to work on my like business skills. And I've spent like, you know, a little business course, small business management, whatever. And then I went, okay, I think I have enough skills here that I could, um, you know, grow a business. And then like, you know, always study like marketing and little things like that, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I'm always focusing on like making good content, like, you know, um, directing and producing and like doing all these master classes, all that sort of bullshit. But I think it's not many people are good at both. Do you know what I mean? I think it's, and I think it's also harder if you have like, I don't know, it's like the, the collaboration thing's interesting. It's like either in like creative endeavors or in like business ventures. For me, like at the beginning, it was like me and my friend, you know, like starting this little YouTube channel to make animations, blah, blah, blah. And then we just didn't agree on things. And this was like six years ago as well. And then I think like at the end of the day, I've sort of realized that on we starts and ends with me. And I'm the only one who's going to like really, really make it work. Uh, I think like like for the first podcast, it's a whole different situation. Like, because Doplex yeah. only just recently joined as well, didn't he? Yeah. Um. And if you want to, if you want to talk about that, we can. I mean, like I, I can talk about the transition process because that was very interesting. But yeah, so just to make one quick note on what you're saying a few minutes ago, 
The problem with having your white guys making a coffee podcast versus your white guys making a regular podcast is that, okay, that's cool. You have a unique angle. We're going to talk about coffee today. We're going to be Twitter coffee dad as a podcast, basically. And that's the problem is your average consumer is going to look at their podcast app. And even even if they search coffee, think about the amount of coffee podcasts there are out there. It's going to be tremendous on its own that are literally just about coffee. So I, I, I don't think you can do that. The struggle is getting. Hmm. I don't think you can search do for that, coffee though. podcast, but no, I don't think people do that. I think people just, especially with podcasts, nobody searches for coffee to find a coffee podcast. I feel like yeah, people that's would. What would that's hmm. what I'm saying, though. Like I'm saying, like even if they're actively looking for your show, they're probably not even going to find it. So it's like, uh, it's like it's hard for them to organically land on it because the internet's a big place. It's hard for them to find it because everyone's already niched down to a specific topic and there's a billion of them. I realize this is really negative. I don't want to talk negative the whole time, but um, it's just fi people finding your show is really difficult unless you're going to put it in front of the eyes of, of, of other creators that are much more successful, which is why I really believe in collaboration. I think it really depends on how you brand the podcast though. Like for example, um, and I've only put out two videos of the series and it might come back or whatever, was the Onwe Coffee Club and it was me my partner Ben and us just doing things at a table. I guess like our version of Good Mythical Morning in a way. Um, and the big idea was that each episode, eventually, it would become, um, oh, this episode is sponsored by this coffee brand. Um, and we get, you know, just have a, like a little at the end of the episode, mm -hmm. like, you know, say at the start of the episode and at the end, just like having a sip of our coffee and like, oh, it's really nice, you know, whatever. And it doesn't, it really, it's like really seamless, but it's really like brand. I, like, I feel like it would make the brand happy as well. Like, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing, like, in terms of, like, brand deals and all that sort of stuff. But I feel like yeah. that, if I was at a level that I could get that sort of deal, it'd work. Um, like, rather than, oh, we run a coffee company and we, this is, um, this is us talking about coffee. More just like, oh, we're just three guys hanging out. We might mention a few things about the coffee. Um, little things here and there, but oh, my dog's at home and he threw up all all over our, um, all over the kitchen. We had to clean it up at three a.m. in the morning. Or alternatively, or even like in conjunction, it's oh, here's um, sort of who's what's an example? Oh, here's this um, YouTuber and he likes coffee, and we talk about that for five minutes, and the rest of the podcast is just them hanging out. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like that is the much, much better angle because people aren't going to just suck in search for coffee and shit like that. But it's like, okay. Oh, yeah. No one, no one wants to listen to the Starbucks podcast. Oh, fuck yeah, no. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Like, no, that's uh, corporate. That's the thing, man. There's, uh, it's, I, I loathe the corporate side of podcasts entirely. Like, I hate that any brand can just, you know, they're just fucking, okay, I, I, we're Pizza Hut. We're going to do a pizza theme park. You know, like, I don't know if that exists, but that's going to do really well just because so many people already eat Pizza Hut. And it's like, it can be bullshit content, but it doesn't matter. I and really then didn't it, think it'd work, though. I, don't, I, don't, I think well, people see that define, define work, because I feel like if, if a brand can successfully get, you know, like just like a decent amount of listeners that helps maintain its brand in the public consciousness, that would be a, the definition of work from a corporate perspective. Like, I don't think necessarily like your Pizza Hut podcast in the hypothetical is necessarily trying to be 
competing with the Joe Rogan experience. It's just trying to keep the brand alive in the podcast world. I feel like a brand's better... Like, from a creator's standpoint, there's, like, for example, in terms of product, there's two ways you could go. If, like, for example, like, let's say Omni wanted to make a coffee brand, for example. It'd either be um, Mm -hmm. partnering with a company to release, I don't know, oh, here's the Omni blend at Starbucks. Go and buy it. Or you you chuck an Emma Chamberlain and then you start your own coffee brand, Chamberlain Coffee. Mm -hmm. Or, but from a brand's perspective, I feel like better than making content, it's partnering with creators and sort of, like, bringing their audience over for example the whole charlie d'amelio the the charlie it was i think it was what it's called um the one of the drinks that dunkin donuts you know she got paid like a fuckload of money for it but now all these you know 13 14 year old girls and boys um are going to dunkin donuts having this drink they might not even fucking like it but they might like you know try another drink they really, really like it and then they're going to become a customer of dunkin donuts and if you meet, you've immediately hit that sort of um, younger demographic and you've started them drinking coffee. And coffee's like, you know, it's an addictive thing. Like, you know, if it was a beef jerky company, I think it'd be a whole different thing. I think it's like beef jerky is a very acquired taste. Oh, well, well, oh they should just do that for cocaine then. So just, you make, <laughs> get the most addictive thing you can. That's actually know. not a bad idea. Like if, if, you, <laughs> if you, you know, oh, this podcast is sponsored by yeah. Chamberlain's Cocaine. Um we make they, premium they should cocaine. legalized cocaine just for podcasts. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, that is fucking marketing 101. Look, it's, we're in the we're mm-hmm. in the digital age. You could be doing so much with you know drug. Could be guns. You know, um, mm-hmm. this episode of the podcast is sponsored by um, Smosh's Guns. Remember how we made <laughs> teleporting fat guy? Well, we fucking killed him with his fucking gun. Um, and you can buy <laughs> one now. Um, just enter the the discount code Smosh for twenty percent off, and don't yep. shoot up your school, please. Hopefully. That'd be good. Well, well, yeah, not that. just hopefully, just don't. But yeah, I mean, we're getting ridiculous here. But yeah, I mean, there, there is there is the, the angle that like, you know, with addictive products, um, you don't necessarily have to sell them. They'll sell themselves. Uh, I don't know. We, we were kind of t- touching on a bunch of different subjects. Are there any ones that you like really want to cover, by the way, while I'm here? Or I want to prioritize the interesting stuff, too. Well, the one, the one, at least on the free, on the free version. If you want to do an on we talk extra with me after, um, okay. is I, I really wanted to talk about sort of that transition from your old sort of co-host to Doplex coming in. Because yeah. you said that was interesting. You did. It was. And by the way, he's tuning into this right now live. Is he on really? The yeah. Look at that. That's How Joe. That? <laughs> Hello, Joe. Yeah. Hello, nice Joe. Nice to see in the chat, bro. Yeah. So. This has been really an interesting journey for me, and obviously, out of respect for, to my you know former co-host, and and because I have a professional respect for him as well, it's like I, I really liked what he brought to the show. Like I haven't really shared any any of the private details behind that, and I'm gonna choose not to here either. Of course, but it's really it's really weird for context here that uh, he made the decision to leave the show it's it's a really weird experience to have this kind of i don't want to call it large it's not large it's not large like you, you know pyrocynical is large it's, it's not even large like john swan is but it's it's a decent sized show at this point it's got it's a decent amount of listeners and to kind of have this thing where it's like you're gonna be going the distance and then and then at like kind of the 11th hour someone 
bows out is a really interesting experience. And I mean that both in the positive and negative sense, because you kind of feel like at first you're just kind of in shock. You're like, Oh, what am I going to do? And then you sort of assess how much of the project is, is you and how much of the project has kind of transcended yourself. And I think for me in my situation, there's a decent amount of it that, that was me because, you know, I'm the, I was the main host. I was the one who's editing the episodes. I was maintaining the discord with the help of the staff. Of course, I was managing the podcast channel on audio boom now on, on YouTube. And so part of it, I figured out was me like part of it was like Lars's podcast, the first podcast, but then I kind of realized after talking to a lot of my content creator friends and talking to people on the server and stuff that it was, it wasn't just me. It was also Joe and it was the guest host that came on from time to time. Def, Pina, Doplex, you know, FRIO, people like that. And it was the fans and it was, it was the people who came to listen and, and it was the people who would leave comment messages in the, in the server and stuff. And so I mean, I did survive it. We got a new co-host named Doplex. Uh, his real name is Amir, and he is a fantastic content creator. I don't know if you've ever seen his stuff. Oh, I have. It is, and it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been on the, the Create Unknown podcast, which um, you're talking about how this show right here is the best podcast that on right. we. So the, the Create Unknown is actually the worst podcast in the world. So uh, don't go ahead and subscribe to them for a year. Don't go ahead and listen to every episode. You might find out that it's actually really good. Ugh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that podcast. But anyway. Fuck you, Matt Tabor. You piece of shit. <laughs> I want to talk about this too, because, okay. So like Matt and I, uh, Tabor, I'll differentiate here. Cause you guys are both Matt's. Uh, we made this like private deal with each other that we would talk shit on each other's podcasts like as a joke but then always like be advertising their podcast i don't know if you noticed like every time on the create unknown when Tabor says when Tabor mentions the first podcast he's like and that's the worst podcast in the world you just go listen to it for a year to see just how bad it is i think that's a great a great idea i'm like that's a great marketing <laughs> angle oh, absolutely i don't hate. know hate hate yeah. drives traffic yeah, even I think what's what's really funny about it, too, is it's so transparently fake. Like, it's the fakest beef on the Internet. So it's kind of funny. It's kind of fun that way. I don't know. But yeah, so it's it, it's it's really weird because I feel like I got really lucky because I don't know how many episodes of the podcast that you've listened to with Doplex as a host. But a few, a few, man, a like th that guy. That guy has something special about him where he just he just fit right in. Like this was a train moving very quickly and he like jumped on board from the sidewalk and somehow managed to like really kick ass, like just keep moving forward with it without getting smacked by it at all. But I can't imagine that's true for everyone. And boy, I don't know if like I don't know if I really have any tips for that, but I mean, there were some things that helped me, I guess, if anyone's listened to this or interested, like if you're going through a transitionary period in your content, um, I had to kind of like convince myself that it was going to be okay. I guess at first, like I just kind of faked it at first. I was going to, I just told everyone, you know, like I, I we're just going to continue. We're just going to keep going and, and, and see what happens. And I think a certain level of confidence, which was kind of, 
faked at first, I guess, to a degree, but then kind of legitimized as things really did work out, helped. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. Just. But I've seen, I've been in the same boat. I've been in the exact same boat. Um, Oh, okay. So when I started, when I started on Wing, there's like, there was, you know, we had the podcast. Um, we did a little pilot season, about 13 episodes. There was Brad, Chris, Hayden. Um, and it was me and Brad. We sort of like, I started as Marty in Marty's Net Show. And he was my right hand man. Um, as Brad playing himself, you know, the fat, ugly piece of shit, Brad Hodge. And what sort of ended up happening like after the first two seasons. And there was some really good stuff there. Like it was many people tell me that the best seasons of Marty's Net Show were the first two seasons. Like people call them the, like that's what made it like a cult classic. Everything after that, while different, and then some of them really good, um, it just didn't feel the same. And like, you know, Brad and I have known each other since we were like much younger. Um, but it got to a point where, like, for example, he, he left the podcast. I said, it was, it was sort of a scheduling thing. It was like, oh, Brad, do you, do you want to, you ready to record the podcast? Even if we'd planned it. And it was like, oh, sorry, something came up and just like little things like that. And it wasn't him. I think it was just like, he wasn't enjoying it anymore. And then, um, like, how do you, how do you tell one of your best friends that you're not enjoying the stuff you're making anymore? And how do you sort of let them off lightly? And I'm a very, like, I became, like, in the beginning, I was very intense. It was, like, very on we, on we, on we, on we, on we. And that was the only thing I fucking talked about. And I understand why people sort of, like, lost interest in that. Um, Like, especially my friends. But with Brad, I just said, like, it's okay if you don't want to be on the podcast. Um, And he said, yeah, it's pretty cringe, LOL. And I'm like, you know, back then, back in the early episodes, it was. Um, And that's fine. And I think, but, like going through that because like after starting at season three i had to start fresh like brad was not going to be a character on the show anymore hayden who was like my co-producer of the show left and went to university and it was sort of like i had to start again and that's happened several times um but it's also like adapting to the, the content as well like marty's net show or like the third season sort of the fourth it was sort of like i really want to record a lot i wanted to film a lot and it was really hard because it was like some of the guys were like just finishing school and they were like, you know, young people wanted to go do things. And it was like Ben, my sort of right-hand man now even. Um, like he got a he got a full-time job as well and it was really hard to work around that because sometimes he'd work weekends, sometimes I'd work weekends. And it was like, I can't rely on just... Like, because at the end of the day, and it was something I saw in... in it was a Gary V. He did like a Q&A on, on Ask Gary V. And it was like, how do I make, somebody asked him, how do I make people, you know, 100% sort of like dedicated to working for my business? And it was like, you can't, you can never, never, ever make, you might make them even 99% um, dedicated to your business, but you're never going to make them 100%. Like for me with Omni, I'm always going to be 100%, 110%. I'm always going to be all in. But for everybody else, there's definitely a line. Like, you know, you see it after like a, you know, a six hour shoot. And then people are just like, you know, oh, like you can tell people are ready to go home. And like after a podcast, you record for an hour and a half, you can tell that they're sort of like ready to sort of finish. And I think yeah. that's one thing I learned like with collaboration and stuff. It's, I don't know, you, you can't, um, you can't put all your eggs in one basket. And I've learned that. It took me five years, but I've learned that you can't put all your eggs in <laughs> yeah. one basket with the same, like two or three people. So, okay. So. It's a little early to tell at this point, but I, I have found in, in my experience, just to give some of my context to this, is that I think it kind of helps that um, my co-host 
at this point is also his own content creator who was doing this long before the podcast. Because yeah. for him, like, this is just like, okay, yeah, another thing to add to my resume. Not to say that he doesn't take the show seriously, but it's not just two friends who are like, oh, let's make a podcast. And in this case, it kind of kind of worked. And like, you know, I, like, I don't blame Joe. He's listening in right now. I, I, I can tell him, like, I don't blame you for losing interest in the project over time because that's just like, if you're just a guy and it's like, it's not necessarily like making bank and it's just something you have to do every single week. It's, I get it. Like it, it takes its toll over time. And, and if you're not a hundred percent committed, then, then yeah, eventually you might want to leave. And, and so like, I understand that it's, it's just the kind of the balance between like, feeling disappointed in it but also like recognizing that people are are human beings and that to be fair like someone like my former co-host joe to put a full two years into it when they don't have to that's that's already incredible that's really cool and i find that people willing to do that are often the exception rather than the rule like most podcasts i think average three episodes before they kind of break down Again, because every asshole wants to make a podcast, but it, it, it's that. So kind of leading back to what I was saying originally, I think working with other people who are already in, in the industry, or at least the vague industry of content creation is probably the way to go. If you want to, if you want more commitment, I would say. And I think if you're Just working they're with- already, They're already doing that. No, and, that, and that's right. That's exactly right. And I think one thing that I've sort of learned mm-hmm. is project by project basis, whether it's like, um, for example, with um, the new series I'm working on, it's sort of like, okay, I'll have one or two crew members just come along, just help film, help record the audio for me um, and have somebody on camera with me. And there's no dedication to the story. They might show up once and never show up ever again. Um, and I think it's just like each episode becomes a project, each shoot becomes a project. And if you don't, you know, if they're not getting paid, it's like if they're having fun, they're going to come back later, which is great. Mm-hmm. But... um. At the end of the day, like, it, I don't want my content to be based on... As much as I would love to have, like, you know, a regular crew and a regular cast for videos, at the end of the day, it's just... It, it's not going to work like that until they get paid. And I think that's, like... At the end of the day, that's that's their motivation to an extent. Like, creative fulfillment mm-hmm. is as well. But I think, like, you know, when it's my thing... I guess... I, fuck, I fucking hate to say it. But Ennui is me. Ennui is my thing. Obviously, I want to go into a larger company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not that easy. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I've been, you know, I've been f- um, going along with it for like five years now at different levels of like um, dedication. I feel like this year, despite working a full-time job, I put more effort and more time into Onwe than I ever, ever have. Um, and I, you know, like I, you know, I always say like, oh, next year's going to be the year of Onwe. And I feel like, I'm just trying to bullshit myself oh. through it, which is like, you know, it's hard. Like 2020, I feel like 2020 was going to be the year and then like COVID oh, happened man. and then all that shit. Okay. I don't want to like super interrupt you here, but oh man, I have some strong thoughts about this. Okay. Hit me. Hit me. I totally, first of all, I totally get that. Like I'm always thinking, I'm always thinking well, this is going to be the year of the first podcast, but also that is the trappiest of traps to get into because it is so okay. Have you watched The Office, the uh, the U.S. version? L- little bits. Okay, 
So there's this, oh, white guy references the office, <laughs> but okay. So there's this one part where at the kind of, I think it's the last episode where Andy says something along the lines of how do you, uh, what do you do? Let me look up this quote real quick. Cause I'm going to butcher it one second. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, what, what is it? Yeah. Um, here it is. Okay. He says, I wish there was a way to know you're in the good old days before you've actually left them. And this is something that I've thought about a lot, which is it's always good to be forward thinking when it comes to your content and its progression and stuff. And it's great to be thinking, what am I going to be doing in six months? Where, how much have I going to, how much have I, how much am I going to grow in that time period? And who's going to be there with me? But also, you don't want to miss what you're, you don't want to miss the fun of what you're doing. And it's so easy to do that. I've, I've had to recalibrate myself about 20 times now and say, Lars, enjoy what you're doing right now. And don't just think like, oh, well, in the middle of an episode, I'll be thinking, oh, how are we going to market this? You know, I wonder who's going to listen to it. Who, who, who should the next guest be? But then, and then I'll just lose myself in that and I'll not realize, hey, I'm recording with someone really cool right now. This is someone who I watch on YouTube that I really respect. I should be paying attention to this and enjoying it. So it's just such a trap, I think, to get into that mindset. On the, and I'm the exact same. I've had to recalibrate many, many times. A lot of the, I remember sort of like, I think it was the start of last year, we were putting out an episode of Marty's Net Show every two weeks and they were okay. Um, and then we're putting out episodes of, we ended up doing three and it was the Marty program. He's sort of like little variety studio show. And um, I was burnt the fuck out just trying to put out content. And I wasn't focusing on having fun and being creative and all that sort of shit. Um, you know, mm-hmm. slogging along at editing and all that sort of thing. Like I've always had like a mind where it's like finding the balance between creativity and business and productivity and all that sort of um, mumbo jumbo shit. Um, and then sometimes I think like my, my mind gets in the way of like mate, just making good fucking content. Um, you know, yeah. it's like staying up and going, Oh, we need to perfect this script. It doesn't have enough jokes in it. It doesn't have enough. And then like some of the best jokes come out when you've just like from when I'm filming stuff, when we're fucking recording yep. um, before we sort of end our, our main episode of when we talk and we, you know, we might go to the Patreon. I think we will. Like, you, you, you have time, don't you? You have nothing else to do. <laughs> I mean, I do, but yeah, I've, I I can I can do some bonus material if you want. Easy, that'd be good. Um, I just I wanted to I want to talk about like you know we talked about creat- creativity and productivity and all that mumbo jumbo. Tell me more about you, Lars, the person. Please mm. me, give me give me give me the backstory. Who is Lars? Um, Let, let's start so from little boy. Let's there, start from little little boy, little boy Lars. There was this one day where um. My mom and dad were fucking, and mm-hmm. uh, a lucky sperm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go down that road. Okay, so, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I, 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 uh, I, I started a podcast, I guess, because I, because I wanted to, I wanted to, to to do it better, I think, than the other ones I was listening to, and that's kind of defined how I approach all this. Like, I, I, I learned how to edit video because I, I wanted to be better than people who were editing videos and everything, and, and. I guess it's kind of like all about this general quest I have, which is never going to be, it's insatiable, which is the, just adding 
knowledge and experience to my life. I, I like to, I learn things every single day. I, I'm on Wikipedia, like I'll have tabs open basically all the time. I'm, I'll read, I love to read philosophy. I love to to look at science articles. I, I, I like to even occasionally engage in political conversation, even though it can be so unproductive. I don't know. Like, I'm just one of those people, like, I feel like back in the day, I would have been like a Renaissance man, I guess. That's kind of where I come from. Um, I know this sounds super douchey, but I mean, it's just, it's just the case. Uh, I also really like surreal humor. I really like goofy shit, which is why if you listen to the podcast, the first podcast that is, you'll hear a lot of like pretty decent, insightful stuff about content creation. And then we'll just talk about our poop habits like for a while and then transition back into, into content creation. Then, you know, Doplex will talk, talk about his time working at an adult store and people, you know, eating shit that a stripper has pooped out into a cup. And Aww. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking disgusting. I like, Who does that? Exactly. That was the reaction everyone had. And so it's like, I don't know. I, I like to, I, one of my main motivations in the show actually is comedy. And it's like, it's kind of a weird balance because I'm trying to like get people to listen to the show because they're interested in the consecration process. And in that sense, all jokes aside, I think the create unknown and, and, and our podcast is decently similar in terms of what, what we're putting out. But I just, I loved, I love shit posting, man. I just love to, I love to say and do goofy stuff. I like to subvert expectations with comedy. I don't know, like on our Discord server, whenever, whenever I'm pooping, I'll make sure to tell everyone. <laughs> like, I'll just type it out. Um, no, in the chat, we were not watching Two Girls, One Cup. But um, if you're of the generation that, that didn't experience that, if that doesn't mean anything to you, make sure to go watch that. It's a really good foreign film. Highly recommend it. Uh, probably better and, than Uncut Gems, to be yeah. honest. Like, if you had to put Two Girls, One yeah. Cup and Uncut Gems next to each other, Adam Sandler, girls shitting into a cup, I know what mm -hmm. I'm choosing. I know what I'm yeah. choosing. And that's definitely... That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah and the music on two girls one cup fantastic classical like i mean it just really it really takes uncut gems to town it I really can, uh, i can close my eyes and that music plays and i know it scene by scene and it's just mm -hmm. it's it's brilliant filmmaking like you know don't watch don't go and watch like twin peaks go and watch two girls one cup it's it's mm -hmm. it's wonderful it's 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 life-changing um, I think Lemon Party is sort of second on that list. Lemon Party is a good one for those who don't know. Um, it's it's three men and they're just they're just living their life and it's actually really yeah they're what's inspiring. eating lemons you know making lemonade yeah it's great great stuff. I think that people really want to watch that absolutely um, mm. really do. I just saw it in the chat that um, someone said, "Do you like Sneed from Doctor Sneed?" And I just want to say, um, "Fuck Sneed." Um, no, people who mention Sneed are just like it's just a, it's. I don't get it. You know, Sneed's feed and seed, that classic Simpsons joke, and then this this stupid guy in the chat, Dr. Sneed, and he's just taking it to the next level. Sneed's not funny. Sneed is a is a made up word that nobody really gives a shit about. It's like, um, what's another um made up word? Um, I'm just trying to think of um is um, spum the ho Holocaust? Is that was that real? I don't think that was real. That was definitely not real. Well, that oh, was, um, Jesus, dude. Okay, I'm going to head no, no, out. No, 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 wait, 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 no, 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 no,
yeah, I just saw Borat 2, and that was like the the best joke against anti-Semites ever. I I almost don't want to spoil it. Should we, I mean, should we get into it? Let's, yes. Let's spend five minutes and get into okay. it. Okay. Okay. How about this, guys? Spoiler warning. Don't listen to the next few minutes. It's a really good joke, but it's worth listening to the, for the first time on Amazon Originals, I think. Yeah. Old okay. So like the me. joke... Yeah, the the joke is that um, Borat's daughter Tutar goes on the internet and, and and finds on Facebook that there's this Holocaust denial group and shows it to him. He, he's like in despair, and then he goes to meet like a Jewish person in the in the in the the place of worship where like she explains to him that it actually does happen, and he's all happy. It's such a oh, it's, Borat is like the. There's something about it, man. Just the self-aware, like making fun of anti-Semites that like really no other, no other content has ever done. It's just such a good satire on that. I actually really liked that new movie. I really did too. And people didn't think it was good as the first one. I think they're two different movies. Like they're very, very different in style because Borat is such a, you know, it was such a big movie. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. um, it has a whole different sort of feel to it. And actually I was just, I just, I remember reading, um, the lady he talked to was actually a Holocaust survivor, which sort of takes it yeah. to the next, to the next level. Yes. Um, he did say that I, I, I'm reading, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, who he dedicated the film to her memory because she actually died. He claimed that he broke character yeah. to reveal to Evans that it was like, um, it was a bit pretty much, and like it right. wasn't like he was playing a character. But um, but like even without that, like I think it was it was such a good joke. It's such a good bit. There are so many great bits in that. Like the whole concept of taking over his daughter to go have sex mm-hmm. with the president, with the vice president, is just oh, only Borat could pull that well, off. I think also kind of America serendipitously kind of wrote the plot for him in a lot Absolutely. of ways last few years. Yeah. Oh, fuck I think, man. uh, yeah. What my favorite, my favorite thing was in the very beginning, like they're talking about how like this, this terrible, terrible president who's ruined America and you're th- you're thinking, Oh, it's going to be Trump. And he says, Obama, like it just starts out with an amazing laugh. I, I think it, you're right that it's, it's such a different experience, but also at the same time, it really felt like, in a certain way, it was also like we were right back into it, right back into the Borat world. Like it was so clearly Sasha Baron Cohen stuff. I just, I really liked it. No, it's not a I perfect really like movie. It. I would give no, it like a, maybe a seven out of ten, but I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I think on Letterboxd, I feel like I gave it a like a three point five. I don't think I gave it a four. I gave the original movie a four. I'm just having a look trick. I gave it mm-hmm. a three and a half. Yeah. Which is a, I think is a solid, like that's a, that is a good solid movie. A three and a half. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think let, let's end that this main podcast here. If you want to listen to more, head on to Omni Talk Extra. It'll be on there. But um, Lars, what do you, what do you want to shout out? What do you want to shout out for our um, people listening? Um, well, thankfully our, our search results are, our SEO is fine. So just look up the first podcast. You'll find it. On We Talk is hosted by Matthew Winner, produced by On We. You can listen to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or watch it in its entirety at youtube.com slash TV one You can show your support by becoming an On We Plus member, where you get exclusive series and podcasts, early access, 
and member-only perks. Join us at onwe.tv forward slash plus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.